And we are live here once again. Everybody knows every Tuesday at 8, it's time for another insightful edition of the MCW cast. I'm Legacy MCW announcer, Larry Legend. MCW director, Ricky Owens. And I'm Tara. Welcome to the cast. Are we at episode 40? No, we're at episode 41. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> we Bananas. How could you forget episode 40? It was a memorable one. We, we did a live broadcast from Celeb Fest 2. Uh, you know why I forgot is because I'm hardly ever really here. Uh, but, but yes, I do remember with our guest, the big LG, Doc Gallows. Yeah. That was great. So thank you all for coming out to Celeb Fest 2 and sticking around for our show afterwards, the first stop on the Autumn Armageddon tour. And uh, it was great to see fans and uh, have that experience. So First show yep. on the road after, what, 18 months? I know. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, because you know our last show before the big shutdown was a road show, and mm -hmm. we were in Galena, Maryland. And, you know, there's just something about, I don't know, packing up the ring truck and getting on the road and not sleeping and stuff <laughs> that, I don't know, brings back sweet memories. I'll tell you what it does is it kind of solidifies the brother and sisterhood of, of any company is when – you're all tired. You've been there all day. You've done the show. And now we got to stay longer and tear down. And we got to drive it back to the school Went back in our day. And then we got to unload. And yeah. then you kind of take that big sigh together. And you're like, well, at least I had my brother with me doing it. At least I had my sister over here helping with the ropes and things like that. So it's critical. It's yeah. critical to our continued success that we get those road trips. And especially for the young kids coming mm -hmm. up. I remember when we had to unload all those Absolutely. barricades. and ropes and yep. then still be expected to perform so yep. pay your dues kids uh, well i got my steps in i got fifteen thousand steps on saturday <laughs> and you figure three hours of it i was spent in the back doing filming promo so that was during the day but you know it, it was it was good to do it but um another thing if you want to get your steps in so to speak uh with your ears uh be sure to be listening to us on all the podcast platforms apple podcast google play soundcloud spotify stitcher pocket cast breaker radio public Castbox, and of course youtube twitch and facebook thank you for watching and listening that's right and thank you to all our coffee club members i don't think we've shouted out the coffee club members but that we is haven't. still we should do yeah that. that's still going on strong we enjoyed all the iced coffee over the summer. Now we're transitioning back into the cool uh, months of the year. So mm -hmm. we'll be having some hot, fresh cups of coffee thanks to a lot of your contributions right, right out there, the MCW faithful. So thank you to you all. And, hey, shout out Dr. D for actually participating in last uh, week's live podcast. Mm -hmm. He had one of the questions for the big LG Doc Gallows. Yeah, absolutely. So participation counts, and we appreciate everybody. I think there was another fan that was in attendance that had a question, so we appreciated that, and so did the big LG. Yeah, and, you know, we've got these road shows coming up. We've got, uh, in fact, we have one this week, not quite too far down the road, um, but Friday we've got Monster Mash, uh, October 29th. That's so, right. you know, whenever we do these shows and we bring in a guest, it's very, very, very likely that the day of the show we will sit down with one or more of our guests for an in-depth uh, special episode of the cast. And if you are in attendance, you know, you can send in those questions. You can ask your own questions yeah. or uh, send them in. You know, we are happy to answer them, and our guests really enjoy that interactive quality of the podcast. I got a kick out of the fact um, that, um, like as I say, every week it's time for another ins insightful edition. Insight for me uh, that... The big LG Doc Gallows used to come to Michael's 8th Avenue, Tara, and probably a lot of the shows <laughs> that you were performing on and that I was performing on or assisting, running around right. the back. He was there as a fan 
probably yep. one of the tallest fans in the building, you know, <laughs> if, 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 back then, uh, watching us. And, yep. and all these years later, he was able to share with us how huge of an impact that had on mm -hmm. him to start him on his career and go into all these heights of New Japan and impact yeah. and everywhere in between WWE and, and, and a Maryland boy. That's another thing I that I learned. I, I did not know. And he close was... to my hometown. Yeah. Too. yeah so he's from Western Maryland. I'm a Western Maryland girl as well. I'm not sure if I should admit that, but <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> no, it's different up there, but you know, it's, it's, I look back on it fondly, but yeah. So we, we had that connection and you know, he wasn't the only one who um, has gone on to things who would frequent MCW shows. Um, you know, our, our own former MCW women's champion, Gia Scott was sitting front row, uh, you know, back when she was uh, a teenager or whatever, yeah. she would come. And so several other people have been spotted and I'm sure that, uh, Ricky Owens, Ricky Owens would yeah. know the answer to this, <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking of G off the top of my head. But yeah, we've we've had lots of people who have started out as fans and then uh, you know got bit by the bug, so to speak, and have have signed up. Yeah, I I still remember clearly when I was watching Monday Night Raw back in around '99, 2000. That commercial. Have you ever wanted to get out of the crowd and into the ring? <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it works. The words of Axel worked on me, and and that just keeps on going on throughout the years and. And here we are today. That's right. And, and you know, we don't, we don't really plug it that often, but we do have a full training center here. And, uh, you know, we've had lots of graduates from our training center go on to do big things. And our next training class should be starting January 11th. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, get those tax refunds and everything. And, uh, you know, if you want to get out of the crowd and into the ring, you can go to MCW, uh, wrestling.com and, um, there's a tab there for the training center and you know maybe it's your turn now you yeah. know and and i just want to say too that we don't just train wrestlers so if you have any desire to become a valet or a manager or a referee or you know if you're interested in the back end of the production side of things Good. yeah well, yep all of us here mm -hmm. yeah that's how i i definitely came down and said i don't think i have what it takes to be a wrestler but i'd love to learn how you get these shows up and running so right. there's a path for everyone you just have yep. to be brave enough to take that first step. I always tell people whenever they sign up, you know, I, I always tell them most of you are not going to still be here wrestling a year from now. But if you have a true love and passion for this business and you want to be here, we will find something for you to do. Mm -hmm. Like there is a spot for everyone that walks through the door if they really want it. Because you know what? It takes a lot of people to pull something like this off. I mean, I bet we had Saturday at that convention. We probably had, what, 50 of us there? Yeah. I would I would I'd say there, yeah. we yeah. Would pro probably had about 50 of us putting the, the running the convention, putting the ring together, you know, the podcast, all of that stuff. So. And we yeah, come from the days the when it, it would be 11. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't really miss that. <laughs> Neither do I. There would be some nights where we got back to the school after, and it would just be double A and, you know, Peanut or, you know, yeah. like one of, the, one of those guys, and that would be the entire crew to get everything loaded in. So the kids don't know how good they have it these oh days gosh, from where, where we came from. <laughs> um, and Tara, I just want to kind of acai moonsault off of what you just said about different students that we've had that have gone on to different levels of success. How about our current students who haven't graduated? I'm talking in regards to Tim Spriggs. Yeah. That are, that are you know, making waves right now in the world of MMA and, and kickboxing. So right. we, we've not only established ourselves as a place to create future champions, but also a place that people that have the skills to pay the mm -hmm. bills know that they can hone it 
right here at MCW at the MCW Pro Wrestling Care Training Academy. That's right. And that is a great segue to our guest tonight who has been training at the MCW Training Center for a few years now and is certainly making a name for himself. Oh, yes. All right. Who wants to introduce him? Well, you and I have talked so much, so why don't we have Ricky do it? (laughs) I mean, he's going by a couple different names as the sickness, as Hades, but currently we have Alec Odin. All right. So when we return after this quick break, we will be live with Alec Odin. Stay with us. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the MCW cast. At MCW Pro Wrestling, much like many small businesses throughout the country, the pandemic has presented many challenges. For a company like ours that hosts events with live audiences, the impact has been even more severe, and all of our forms of revenue have been cut off. In order to continue to engage with our fans on a regular basis, we made the decision to begin to produce the MCW cast and are providing it for absolutely no cost on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to support us during these challenging times, you can do so in several ways. The most popular way is to buy us a coffee to help fuel the cast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast and for just three dollars you can buy the cast a coffee or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just five dollars a month and receive several special perks that's buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast you can also contribute directly on cash app mcw wrestling or on venmo mcw wrestling you can also show your support for the mcw cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com backslash stores backslash mcw cast to pick up a full line of official mcw cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts also don't forget to comment in the threads on facebook youtube and twitch to get your questions answered on a future episode and you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag ask thank you for your support and now back to the show And we are back with episode 41 of the MCW cast with our guest, Alec Odin. That's thank good. you for being here. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, you are as big as a house. Can I just <laughs> say that just to start things off? Um, a lot of the times I, I throw myself under the bus. Um, you know, I was here, there. Uh, but a lot of times the stars, they come up around me, and I, I, I haven't experienced them. And it was at Breakthrough that I first got to see you and take you all in for all of the glory that is, uh, you know, your physique. So from somebody that's always going to give it to you straight about the look, you have got a banger killer look, man, and keep up the good work with that. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's just in my blood. I mean, I'm just, my, my father's a professional bodybuilder, so when I was growing up, dudes were always big around me. So to me, it was second nature. Ah, I see. I see. So you grew right into what you were kind of immersed in from the from the get-go. I couldn't see myself any other way. It's just my life. Well, then that means that you're tailor-made for our industry. So it's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky they do coincide. The uh, the bodybuilding mentality and wrestling work well together. So. And you look like a wrestler. Like that's you know it, that's it's important. My whole mentality. You just said it right there. My mind. A wrestler should be built. You should have a a look and a physique, and that's exactly what I want to, you know, broadcast. Yeah. So that's you just said it. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean. You know, on any given wrestling show, there's going to be something for everyone. But, like, you have that classic wrestler look. Like, you know, you would catch Vince McMahon's eye, I'm pretty sure. That's what I hear all the time. I was like, (laughs) Vince would look at you and go, who's that guy? Seriously. (laughs) I hope so. We'll see what happens. (laughs) But, yeah, man. 
Well, you're certainly making a name for yourself, you know. Um, when did you uh, start here at the MCW Training Center? Uh, so I started back in uh, September of 2017. So it's been just over four years this past month. Wow. And I wanted to get started early. Uh, I graduated high school uh, in 2017, and uh, I got started right after that end of the summer. Uh, I didn't want to wait because I knew this takes time, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to postpone the process. So okay. I got started. Yeah. Wow. You know, we've talked to other people um, that we've had on here where they they kind of took the opposite approach where they go, they go to college, they get their degree, then, you know, they get that, they get that out of the way first, then they come and Right. you know pursue wrestling so you did both concurrently though correct right yeah so i went i i still went to college and i'm all done now uh, thank goodness because that i was college just never really was for me i did it because i knew it was the right thing to do mm. but i didn't go away to college i stayed local i didn't i liked where i lived i liked my lifestyle and again this my whole life revolved around this i knew i wanted to do this this is what i was here to do um that's why i didn't go to play college football i just didn't love it enough to go play to that level this is what i was going to do so I, and I was fortunate to find this place. It, it's all kind of strange. I mean, I'm 10 minutes away from this place. Oh, wow. It, it all wow. just kind of worked out. It, it's just, you know, I, I was very fortunate to come here and for this place to be as, uh, you know, reputable and as mm -hmm. nice as it is. I'm, it just, it all kind of strangely just worked. Um, and here I am, and I'm very thankful for it. Well, you know, they say cosmically sometimes the stars align. Yeah. You know, so they, they kind of pointed you in the right direction. And, yeah. and you're right. We built quite the reputation for ourselves with, you know, the Leo Rushes and the Mickey Jameses and all of the people that have come through our our hallowed halls, if I will, if you will. Um, so you're 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 right in line with uh, mm -hmm. that trajectory to keep on going. Now, so. when you walked through the door, who was the first person you met? I think the first person. <laughs> so like the first time I trained or the night when I came and visited for practice. Either one. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, so I came in with my buddy Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold's the one that introduced me to this place. God rest his soul. He was my good, my really right good from Perry Hall High. He was yep. the one that Great got guy. Me all started, uh, and and he came with me that night, and we sat together for a few hours. Um, I, I I know this sounds terrible, but everyone that was there then, for the most part, are gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all the students mm -hmm. that I remember meeting some of the students, and they were very nice. Uh, I, I can't even remember what their names were anymore. That happens a lot here. I was there. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was on crutches at the time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I remember seeing Michael. I remember obviously. I remember you know RJ was there. Introduced himself to me, and pretty sure Dean was there. Um, but I was I just kind of sat in the corner and just observed what was going on. But uh, a lot of those faces that were were there are just it's just gone. Yeah. It's been four years. Yeah, and, and, and like you know, stuff changes. Oh yeah, I mean, and then the you know the big shutdown. Um, that weeded some people out, you know. There were people who it really did. You know, they were some people were coming and training during the shutdown, and uh, then they've disappeared too. But you know, and then other people we haven't seen, you know, in a couple of that years. That really did a number on a lot of people. It I really can, did. I can mm -hmm. tell you, a lot of my friends or people that I work with here, the reason why they didn't come back is because of how long it was. Yeah, and they just got out of the the cycle, mm -hmm. and the, the some got depressed and. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I wasn't letting it change me, but I saw it happen in front of me quite a bit. Well, it takes a certain kind of discipline. And you, with your bodybuilding mm -hmm. experience, has that. that's something else that is similar to professional wrestling, is mm -hmm. having that discipline and that mentality. 
Um, so your dad was like a competitive bodybuilder. He was a competitive bodybuilder. Uh, you know, you ask anyone that kind of knows the bodybuilding industry in Maryland, they would tell you that he was one of the best in Maryland. I mean, he competed against the Kevin Lavronis of the world, and Kevin Lavroni is probably one of the best ever. Um, and he was back in the early '90s, late '80s. So right when he was hot, you know, he was still mm -hmm. pretty hot back then. You know what I mean? Arnold was still relevant, being back in the '70s. Um, and he was pretty fantastic. It's a shame he didn't continue on, but he did what he did, and uh, it's all good. Um, but uh, people are really nice to me uh, because of who my father was. It, it, people take him under their wings, especially in the gym life. Like everyone kind of knows who Bloom is. They're like, "Oh, we know, we know Craig." Yeah. yeah now, did you think about pursuing that path as well, or was I it love, always wrestling for I you? I love bodybuilding. Like, I really do. And uh, my number one is professional wrestling, and that's what I'm doing. But bodybuilding is is a is a close second. And I think uh, I could see myself doing something in it. But everyone that does compete or all my father's friends are like, Alec, don't rush into bodybuilding because bodybuilding will always be there for you. That's true. And a lot of times, guys don't peak until they're in their 30s. I mean, we all kind of know who Ronnie Coleman is, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Mr. Yeah. Olympia. He didn't win his first Olympia until he was 35. Right. And then won it for eight years. I'm 23 years old. So, I, you know, if it yeah. happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right, and you'll keep yourself in good condition, I'm shape, and everything. Gonna, so, if, yeah. you know, something happens down, you know, you have a nice career in wrestling, and then you decide, you know, exactly. you want to do something. And also, another thing, too, is I love the sport so much, or bodybuilding, whatever you want to call it. And if the time comes, I do get on stage, I want to be respectable because I have a respect for the sport. And there's too many guys, in my opinion, that get on stage that don't belong on stage yet. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be one of those. That's really noble right. of you. Let me ask, one of the things that we like to pick our guests' brain about is, uh, you know, when you were when you were younger and you were being introduced to pro wrestling, who were some of your biggest influences uh, back young, Alec? I mean, some of my favorite wrestlers are, you know, my absolute favorite is going to be Brock Lesnar. Um, just in, <laughs> in my opinion, there is no one that moved me more than that man. When that mm -hmm. man would come out, I would just get the freaking energy in me. Like, I was ready to go. Yeah. And I'm just watching it at home. So Brock's my all-time favorite. Uh, I would say John Cena's probably a very close second. Uh, I love The Undertaker, but who doesn't? I mean, he's mm. got the greatest character of all time in my eyes. Uh, um, those are probably my top three, uh, if I had to answer. I mean, Triple H is probably you know up there, and uh, there, there's but those those top three are definitely by for me, and they influence me. It's just so interesting to me uh, to hear the generational, you know, like when we ask our, <laughs> yeah. our guests of that, you know, you being 23, that's around, you know, when you were a kid who was probably influencing you the most, right. Brock and Triple right. H and, mm -hmm. you know, those guys, Cena. Yeah. And then we can have another guest who like is like, oh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and that, you know, <laughs> we know that generation. So it's always fun for me to hear the generation that we have at the table for the sure. MCW it cast is. and who, who had the biggest impact on them. Well, who who would your uh, influences be? Speaking of generational, okay. So so seriously, I I I'd say the one who got me hooked was Andre the Giant. Okay, and it's a very interesting story. I, I I'm uh I always love to tell it. When I was a kid, because Andre had really curly kind of like nappy hair, mm -hmm. I thought he was like half black. So, okay, you know, in, in, okay. in my generation, the early 80s, there wasn't too many black no, wrestlers. You're right. But yeah. Andre was not only someone who I thought because of the olive complexion of his skin, he had a little bit of like pigment to him. And because of his curly hair, I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I bet you he's part black. And because of that, <laughs> he's going to be my guy. So, yeah, it was probably Andre the Giant that hooked me onto it. But the one who made it made me want to get involved 
was hands down Mick Foley. Okay. Um, oh. He was the one that, that had the impact on me, uh, the way that Brock uh, used to, you know, kind of get you ready to go. Uh, Mick Foley just always was a loser, but gave 110%. And I just always was like so moved by the fact that he didn't have the best body. That's a guy who didn't look like a wrestler. No, but he was giving it his all. And that kind of made me think, you know what? Anybody, if they put their mind to it Mm -hmm. and put their heart into it, can do anything. You don't have to always look like Hulk Hogan or, you know, one of these svelte guys. So, yeah, Mick Foley and Andre the Giant for me. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? Sure. I mean, yeah, let's go I mean, around the horn. Why yeah, not? why not? I mean, for me, it was Goldberg. Okay. I I got into it right when he right when he won <laughs> See, the heavyweight generational. generational. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I got in right when he beat Hogan for the championship, which was us. Yeah. Well, just hearing the crowd, mm-hmm. that's what got me hooked onto the sport. And then okay. probably the person who made me actually really want to get into this was actually Kevin Steen. Now in WWE, Kevin Owens. Okay. Wow. Because he looked because he looked different at the time. He looked like me, so I was like, "Yeah, I I kind I feel like if he can do this, I I have a shot." Well, that's like what I said at the beginning of the segment is that there's something you know on any given show there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Me, I was I was. I want to guess yours. All right, it's obvious. Is your is yours is the Ultimate Warrior? Well, okay, yes, but also, but just for the energy, okay. <laughs> not this is not based on his his wrestling skill whatsoever. Like I recognize his imperfections, but when I would hear that music, like something, like I got all tingly, and I oh, would yeah. run from wherever I was, and I was transfixed. Like I don't know, it was just something about it. But if I was looking at like uh, female wrestlers, it would hands down be Sensational Sherry, which mm. I had the pleasure to later work one yeah. in a match, and it was like my greatest accomplishment. Like I was so excited. My dad came to see me in the crowd. It was the first and only time he's ever watched me wrestle. So, but again, generational. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a little kid in that match, like this is crazy. It was it was so much fun. Yeah, so, and that. and you know, and that's what's awesome about like the indies is you get the opportunity very often to work with your idols. You do meet you a know. lot of people. I've met so many people, man. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I never yeah. would have thought. You know, you're like, and then all of a sudden, one day, you're like, damn, I'm in the same freaking room as that guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, then, but then you have to be professional. You can't. You have to remember that they're your coworkers now. They're, yes. You can't, you can't just ask you know, for a picture a and an autograph. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a firm believer in that. I Yeah, you're right. Once, And that's yeah. what we say. Like, you know, regardless of where you've been and, you know, your past, uh, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. When we're in that locker room, mm-hmm. that's and right. I do believe in that. Yep. Yeah, and for the most part, whenever we bring the the big stars or or whatever in, like Lawler, they just want to be treated like everybody else. Yeah. Like you know, it's like yeah, I've done a couple of things in my career, and I'm doing something right now. So stop bugging me about it. You know, right. like mm. I got plenty of fans out there that are gonna be meeting me for this one little bit of time that are gonna express that to me. You know, you and I were both back here, so right. You know, yeah, it's it's a really unique experience and it kind of just I don't know how to put it into words but it's like you know when you meet your heroes like you know you hear that expression how like you know never meet your heroes but like here I feel like it can very often be the opposite because you get that chance not just to meet them but Mm -hmm. be on that same field you know where you're you're sharing the same locker room yeah you know, so it's it's really well, also because in pro wrestling, like we all have kind of the same mindset where it it all becomes like one big family. Indeed. So, yeah. yeah. Brother, brother, sister, <laughs> sister. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, so you've been here for four years now. So have you made some uh, 
you know, like who you see being like lifelong friends and uh, relationships. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So when I first started, I had a really good buddy. His name was AJ. Some of us will probably remember him. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were pretty close. uh, And then he left. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of the end of that relationship, to be honest. Uh, I've had some pretty good friends, but I'll be honest with you. Quite a few of them are gone. You know, Mm -hmm. um, probably some of my close buddies now would really probably be action. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. pretty close with action. And, um, you know, maybe Eddie and Michael. You know, those are probably my three closest friends right now. Okay. Know, because a lot of us are gone. They just, they just go. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's the thing. And you do kind of bond with those people that are left, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, like, I think we're probably all friends with people that we started with, you mm-hmm. know, at least to some extent. And, um, I mean, there, God, there's really not many left from when <laughs> I was here. But, well, there's Pat Brink. You yeah, know, there's, Brink. there's Kim. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of us left. But, there's you know, there's, I mean, we've... We, uh, this was my 21st year so you know it was uh it's but you do kind of get those uh bonds and friendships because you know you're trusting each other in the ring and you know with your bodies and you're doing road trips and things like that i mean especially like i was with these people every week of my life i mean we're we're training together every week typically on the weekends we're here on the weekends or we're going somewhere so you start being around these people Pretty, like I said, every week of your life, and naturally you start becoming close. I mean, there were times where I was like, "Damn, these are the only people I hang out with," which is cool. Was, you know, <laughs> That's which, why I which asked. Which is fine, you know. But so I'm cool with everybody. I don't have any enemies, and I and I make an effort to be cool with everyone. I don't, you know, I don't like having drama. It's not my scene, so I'm I try to keep everything cool and. um yeah, I don't have any issues. Everyone's cool, man. You, you know, it's cool, but if you circle back to the first thing that you said, one of your first good buddies was AJ, yeah. and that's the thing. when The t- the tie that binds is the, mm-hmm. the pro wrestling community. For example, someone like Ty. Right. Ty was like my best yeah. friend. Yeah. Uh, he you was guys like, were office yeah. together. Well, Ty went on to start a family, got the great mm-hmm. job with Coca-Cola, and now it's like I hardly ever hear from them. Every once in a while, we'll message each other, and it's always like, Same. "We gotta, we gotta get together. You I gotta know. come out to Annapolis." I'm like, "Oh, you gotta come down to Catonsville." But if I don't see you at the show or down the school as regularly, then my relationship's gonna be stronger with Tara, who I've known for 19 years now. <laughs> right. You know, than than you. And we see each other every week. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's it's kind of a hard pill to swallow that the ones that go kind of are going to sever ties with you not because they, they they don't like you or because you don't like them or you're above yeah. them but it's just it's just the nature of the beast it's mm-hmm. just phases of life it's yeah just different phases mm-hmm. we go through right you know because i went to really small high school my my class was 75 kids so everyone knew each oh other oh my goodness right. yeah I, yeah I, I went to boys latin so it was very very okay. small and i do those guys were my brothers for mm-hmm. those four years we like lived together and i love them to pieces but to be honest with you i don't talk to any of them anymore we all just we were there together for that time, and then we all moved on. And it's yeah. just kind of the way it is. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Well, I went to a school with like 1,300 people, and I didn't stay in touch with any of them either. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's... It's no different. We're just in a different place. Well, and, and this is a very um, demanding, not just physically demanding, but your it demands your time. It mm. demands your commitment, you know, and it, it's, it takes a lot out of you. You know, yeah. you, you can't go to events and things you miss your friend's wedding because you're booked on a show or something like that so you know those relationships do sometimes kind of crumble a little bit or crack yeah because that's just the nature of this business it takes so much from you yeah and especially the the different levels you go as we all know it just that becomes more so 
Right, right. It's kind of scary because the similarities between like the pro wrestling industry and like the mafia are very, <laughs> are very kind of the same way where it kind of, well, you know what I mean? It kind of encompasses your whole life. It does. And the people that are in the mob with you are the people that you're the closest with. And then there's that whole outsiders right? circle. You know, you have your family, but even they aren't that as close to you as, right. as your but if you want to leave pro wrestling, we won't kill you. Right. So, so you're not going to get you know. whacked. <laughs> well, you're not going to get Your body's whacked. not going to be in a ditch somewhere. That's true. But, you know. But, 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 but once you're out, you're out. That is You know true. what I mean? It's like, it's, and I know it's, you know, there's only a couple ways you get out of the mafia. And I think that's the point you're <laughs> illustrating is that, no, that that's not the same thing with wrestling. But once you're gone, out of sight, out of mind. I was just mm-hmm. mentioning to a student, you know, hey, I didn't see you on Saturday. And granted, that student wasn't isn't dead to me by any stretch of the imagination. But on Saturday, when we were sharing our our family bonding time of getting through it, just not seeing that person, they're dead to me, mm-hmm. you know. And then I see them, and I'm like, hey, where were you? Like, I'm almost offended. Like, I saw everybody else doing their thing. Right. And just... I, I was gonna say, and when they come back in, it's still strained. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just a strained relationship after that, and they have to build that trust back up. It's like, you know, here. when you're a kid and you break curfew, you know, you got to try to get back in your parents' good graces. I mean, there's, there's, we are a family and those, those are those kind of similarities. I don't know, man. I'm at the point where, you know, if you're there, you're there. If you're not there, you're not there. There was a time when I used to get very aggravated and irritated because uh-huh. we all had to do it. So why aren't you there? But I'm at the point where like, listen, those who want to be there will be there. Those who do not will not. And I don't really care because I had plenty of men. I had plenty of guys with me and we got the job done and. Quite frankly, we didn't need you anyway. <laughs> I, I always say, if you don't come to a birthday party, I'll never know your name. Right. Like, if, you, if you're not going to come, I you, Enough personal, man. If you come, You have cool, no name not. to me. It's all good, buddy. <laughs> and you are definitely someone whose name should be, you know, I'd want you to know my name. You know, you're on the championship committee. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, your career here in MCW and, you know, what's on the horizon. So stay with us. Cool. Show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com slash stores slash MCW cast. You can pick up a full line of official MCW cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Visit teespring.com slash stores slash MCW cast. Fuel the MCW cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash MCW cast. And for just $3, you can buy the cast of coffee. Or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and get several additional perks. That's buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast. All right, we're back here in studio with our special guest, Alec Odin. Uh, Before we left, we said we were going to talk to you a little bit more about your career to date here at MCW. Uh, I'm curious. We know that when you first came in, you didn't really recognize anyone. Do you remember um, at any time during your early part of the training, was there a time where you just were like, you know what? I don't I don't know if this is for me. Uh, yeah, you see, like I, I was so mentally set on doing this. Like, you know how I, one of my big idols in the, my life is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. And Arnold will always tell you about having a vision. Well, my vision was professional wrestling. I, I just knew this was what I was going to, I loved it. Nothing else made me feel this way. So it was always part of the plan for years and years. And so this was all set. This was all preset. Um, and I, I knew this was, this was it for me. So I never really ever felt um, upset or negative or, or down about it. Uh, I trusted the process. 
I had great coaches. I had a great mentality. I had a great um, drive, and um, I felt great through the process. I, I, I really, there was never at any point upset about anything. I always ask that question mm-hmm. because I do remember there were times where we were just talking about it at the beginning of the cast mm-hmm. where, you know, Tudo or someone would yell at me or, you know, mm-hmm. really like deflate me after we had driven yes. for like three hours to get to Chester, Chestertown and unload <laughs> the ring. And, you know, I talked back to Tudo and I was like, oh, I don't feel like these guys yelling at me. So but, you know, I stuck with it. So I always like to find out from our our students that mm-hmm. graduated and made it. Was there ever a time at the beginning, you know, those first couple of times where you were like, Maybe getting the burn underneath the the bicep from uh or the shoulder hitting blade the ropes, from hitting yeah. the ropes, you know, or anything like that, where you were like, I don't know, this is for me, you know. No, man, I was an athlete my entire life, so this was just uh just another thing for me. But I will say it's the most difficult thing I've ever done of all the sports I've done for sure. And getting yelled at, oh god damn, man, freaking RJ would would <laughs> you know would yell us up. But I was also used to that. Right. I've been used to that kind of coaching style. So when he did, I was just like, well. I've been out of my entire life. I'm used to this kind of treatment, so. Right. Well, and you got the kinder, gentler, RJ, so there was a whole lot less yelling, if that's any consolation. But I do want to tell you one thing that he said about you. This was um, the, I guess it was the fall before everything shut down, was that he was just so impressed with you, and he was like, this kid's got it. And he, you know, he was like, he's going to get people interested in him any day now. And, you know, of course, then everything changed, but he had such belief in you. Like he just, he saw that same passion that you're, you're describing. Like he saw that in you very much. So, you know, I don't mean to make you sad, but you know, (laughs) no, so I know you guys were, were tight and everything, but, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing that separates people when they walk through the door Mm -hmm. is when they have that passion and, you know, it just exudes from them, you know, yeah. and you can see and you you know, they're not going to give up, even if like you had mentioned, Larry, like, you know, was there a moment that made you want to question it when they don't have those moments and when they don't give up, that's when you know they, that they're here, you know, and they're yeah. really going to be serious about it. Yeah, so, buddy. you know, and and now you have a reputation of being a go to guy, you know, if some if we want something done, we ask you. You know, yeah, I mean, but I, I love it, man. Like, again, this is what I want to do. So mm-hmm. if I'm involved, I'm happy and uh, I enjoyed the process. I'm just uh, I'm so eager to uh, go to the next level. I'm just um, I'm just doing everything I can. I'm playing my cards and I'm just kind of waiting to see who bites. At this well, point. you mentioned the process and that was what I wanted to talk about in this segment was, you know, we know you as Alec Odin now. Mm-hmm. And as uh, Ricky mentioned at the beginning, that's not your only character that you've had. So. Oh. Um, you know, <laughs> so take us back to you. You made your debut as the sickness. Yeah, so the sickness was always my idea because, you know, I always believed in very I always liked gimmicky characters. Again, kind of Undertaker's one uh-huh. of my favorites. I love the boogeyman. Uh, you know, I love the road warriors with paint their faces. I kind of like that look of being different because in professional wrestling, we're always trying to find a way to be different. So Stand I kind of mm-hmm. visualize this creature or this anomaly of this sickness character with the green eyes and the black makeup and it was all dirty. And then the mohawk came around. I was like, and there's not too many big white dudes with blonde hair. So yeah. I'll paint my hair blonde. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and ironically, you know, RJ and Dean and, and no one liked this character at all. They hated it. Rich hated it. Everyone hated it. Like, I'm not kidding. But I fought. I was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. You had you had shirts made. I, I you believe, had the contacts. You know, I believed in it, man. And uh, 
damn if it didn't do pretty well. I mean, I sold a lot of I was a lot of shirts. A lot of people liked it. <laughs> we talked about that this weekend. I loved it, and I, I think I had a great little thing going. And I, I'm definitely kind of bummed I don't still do it. I, I can't tell you how many fans come up to me and are like, "I'm like, well, what happened? Like, why did you do that?" And uh, that's a whole it's a whole other funny story, and you know, and I can explain that, but um. Sometimes I really question maybe I ought to bring it back because I I have so many people bring it up still. Well, that's one of the best parts about pro wrestling is that, you know, the fans will create an emotional attachment to your origins. Right. And then they'll always remember it and they're Mm -hmm. in the world of wrestling. Anything can happen. So we could do something somewhere down the line where the sickness emerges in, you know, maybe. It could be like Mick Foley where, you know. Exactly. (laughs) Mick Foley, Jay Lethal from time to time will bring out Black Machismo. Yeah. 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 I'll always keep it in my back pocket. And people have told me to do that. I I think I had something going there. I really do. It's just a shame because right when I think everything was really starting to get hot and starting to process is when we shut down. Right. It really was, man. Right. Yep. Because that weekend they had me going to Hollywood and uh, that I was in the main and that was looking really good. It was going to be a match between me and Dreddy and Dante and I was really looking forward to it. I, you know, that was going to be good. Following the following day, I was wrestling with Orange Cassidy here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just never happened. You know. Wow, that sounds like a a hot match, Andretti and Dante and you. I can I can only imagine. I'd like mm-hmm. to still do it. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, that's it. There we go. All right, well, I mean, we might know someone that could, you know, put that in the works. So, know someone to know someone. Well, I was first introduced to you, I believe, as the second iteration of Alec Odin, which was Hades. Right, right. So, so what happened was, and this is really the true story. This is what happened. So, we started coming back to training after after uh, the COVID, I guess, started to kind of get better. And we were able to start working out here again and start working, you know. And then I, I swear to God, like one of the first days, you know, RJ comes over and goes, Alec, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay, so here we go. So Dean and RJ sit me down and they're like, Alec, listen, um, Vince McMahon, uh, this is word for word, Vince McMahon is not going to hire someone named Sickness after a real sickness just <laughs> killed hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And I'm like, it's I'm not like, wrong. I'm like, are you freaking me? Like, I got so much stuff. Right. Well, right. Thing, you not had merchandise. Well, not to mention your catchphrase, everything the sickness touches dies. So it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it's like, you know, oh. the whole idea was, you know, it was bad heat. Like, there's good heat in this business. I was mm-hmm. going there's bad heat. And they, and, and they foresaw this as bad heat. And listen, I mean, Dean been doing this forever. Already been doing this forever. Dan. And I was like, I'm going to trust these guys' opinion. I wasn't happy about it. I was pretty bummed. But I was like, I respect these men. They've been doing this their whole lives. Okay. So. That's what started me thinking. Okay, well, look, when I, I kind of like these gimmicky characters. What about some Greek mythology? I like Greek mythology. Yeah. Okay. So, and I like these dark characters. So uh-huh. I was like, how about Hades? You know, the king of the underworld, the, you know, the bringer of death and all that. I'm like, I like that. So I started kind of bringing, doing the Hades gimmick, you know, the, but I changed my hair to black and then the red eyes and the red kind of look and uh, like this kind of, you know, underworld character. Um, but what I quickly realized with this character is, although I liked the way it looked, you know, how do you hurt a god? How does a god mm. sell? How does, and gods right. don't get hurt. They, True. they destroy True. everything. Right. Yeah. Scratch. So right. I thought in wrestling, this isn't going to work. You know, it's it's unboxing myself in uh, too much. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and uh, then one day, you know, I you know, you know, I had Patrick Brink and uh, Dean, and I mean, for years, Joey Murphy had been in my ear for years. I'm not kidding. He he was always telling me. They're like, Alan, you just need to be yourself, turned up times ten. Like you got a unique first name, you know, let's think of something, but you just need to be you turned up times 10, man. Be your own version of Lesnar, be your own version of Goldberg. And I was like, you know what, guys, I've been fighting you guys for four years. 
um, about this stuff. I'm just going to listen to these guys. They've all been doing it for so long. I respect all of everybody that came up to me. So I was like, let's just do it. And that's where we're at, more or less. I mean, that's why Alec Odin came around. Um, well, how'd you come up with the Odin part? So Odin, I, I swear to God, that was a lot of guy who helped me a lot with that was Brent. Brent helped me out a lot with that. He's a pretty smart dude. And we're like, we like Alec, but what can we do something with it that kind of flows well? And, like, he gave me, like, a whole list. And I was like, I like Odin. You like Odin? He's like, Alec Odin. That sounds pretty good. I'm like, all right. I like it. I swear to God. But, okay. and, you know, and it's just supposed to be, you know, generic. You know what I mean? Just a, a nice generic last name. Then we come to find out. We're, like, looking around one day. And they're like, you know, Alec, you know Odin's a Viking god? I'm like, you're kidding me, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I thought you were going with no, that. No, When you said that you picked Hades no, from being I, a Greek god, I was, I was just, like, okay. Was no wonder it like stuck out. Generic. Like, I was yeah. trying to have a nice, normal last name. Like, I'm not supposed to be. I'm not trying to be, like, this anomaly again. But, of course, I'm, of course it was. I'm like, it's just my luck. But, um. So, you know, and then it started like, you know, just like, let's just be normal. I'll just, you know, I'll kind of have more of a generic look. You know what I mean? I kind of thought this Odin character would be like, you know, fresh out of high school. I'm pretty arrogant because I never know what second is. I've always been first and I've never been defeated. I'm just fresh out of college and I'm angry and I'm hot and I'm ready to rock. Um, but then, you know, a few weeks, about a month ago, I went to Philadelphia and I wrestled at the uh, 2300 Arena. Oh, the congratulations that on that. Was, that was really fun. I, I really am lucky to have been there. But I wrestled at this promotion called BCW. Uh, Rob Feinstein runs it, and uh, I actually was paired with Raven. Um, and Raven uh, was really cool to talk to. Raven's the best. Yeah, man. he is really smart. Yeah, and, and so Raven's like, Alec, uh, why did you take away that look? I'm like, what? Do you, and I'm, so I'm telling the same story I'm telling you guys. And Raven was like, I'm telling you, Alec, you need to kind of bring back this look and mutate it with what you are now. And that's kind of where I'm at now. That's why I'm kind of starting to bring back like the look and the face and all this dark, you know, but still not completely go back. So now we're kind of like this mutated version. And uh, I feel pretty good about it. Mm -hmm. I feel pretty good about anything that Raven tells anyone. As yeah. far as, I mean, he's a genius, you know, he's, he's really... actually a member of Mensa. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I remember a long time ago, I watched a shoot interview. It was Axel Rotten. Uh, Baltimore native and and Raven and during the shoot interview Raven was like I don't know why you ever got rid of the British accent he said to Axel he was like because when you first started and you were selling everybody that you were like some gutter punk from Great Britain mm -hmm. it really cut glass and you know what I think that he was absolutely right and that who knows sense. if if Axel's career would have gone in a different direction if he just would have stuck to you know, the original components of what he was. So the fact that he shared that with you, that what you need to do is take elements from mm -hmm. the origin stories of, mm -hmm. you know, the sickness and Hades and combine that with Alec Odin right. is like absolutely dead on target. And you, I'm glad that you took yeah, that advice absolutely. and ran with it, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. And I'll tell you the funny thing about that day was too, was I wrestled Guido, which was also pretty cool because he was pretty neat. Um, they both had their serious doubts about me, man. They're like, I don't know what this kid's going to do. Like, you know what I mean? And I did my thing. I wrestled and, and it went well. And I come in the back and Raven's like, Alec, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, you, you actually did pretty well. 
I did not think you could do that. I'm like, well, thanks, man. Like, I, mean, I came from like MSW taught me pretty well. I think, like, damn. Like, yeah. So what? Yeah. He, he expected you to be like the big guy, not really knowing he your strength. Just didn't think I. He didn't. He questioned my athleticism. He didn't ah. think I, he didn't think I'd be athletic enough or, or be able to kind of move. And I just went out there and did my thing. And he was pretty impressed by it. Mm. I was like, well, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Think <laughs> of how many how many big guys that Raven and Guido and all of those exactly. vets have come up around that have been the drizzle and you know what? Right. So <laughs> he. he he probably was thinking, here we go again. Yeah, right, so. another big muscle-bound guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to carry him. Right, <laughs> walking by with it, with holding his hand, you know? So yeah, yeah. that is awesome. That's, what a, great, a, that's a great compliment. Oh, yeah, yeah I was absolutely. Really, I, was, I, I tell you, like, you know how you were excited that one day with that match with your, with your hero? Mm -hmm. When I was at that show, I was just surrounded by made men, superstars. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I was one of the few kids there that didn't have a name yet. I'm like... How did I end up here? Because I am freaking. I was like a kid, man. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, well, uh, how did you end up there? <laughs> um, uh, luckily, uh, you know, Dan is a great guy, and he's always trying to uh, do anything he can for us. And I swear to God, wrestling's one of those funny things. Like, I it, it happened like that. Uh, I was supposed to go to Ocean City Bike Week because I'm a Harley guy. I'm a big biker. Right I love bikes, so I was going to go to Ocean City Bike Week with you know all my friends and go ri rip it up, you know. And I'm here one night, Thursday night. Um, I'm supposed to leave the following night. Uh, and Dan gives me a call. He's like, what are you doing Saturday? I'm like, well, Dan, I was going to go to Ocean City, you know, and go to Bike Week, you know, but why? What's up? He goes, I need you in Philadelphia Saturday night. I'm like, uh, he's like, you don't want to miss this. I'm telling you, you need to be there. I said, all right, I'm going to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's no argument here. So that's how it happened. And it happened like that. Like, it just one day you get a call and you got to go. Mm -hmm. You see, Mafia. <laughs> I need you. I need you in Philadelphia Saturday night. Yeah, you here's the address. There, right, you know. You will be there. Tell no one and, you're and, coming. And, Bring and no it, one with you. And the, and to go back to it. What did you say? You were around all made men. I was, man. It really was amazing. Like <laughs> all the guys there were guys I watched growing up, and I'm like. Damn, this is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And in the 2300 Arena, the yeah. legendary yeah. ECW Arena, to be yeah. around all of those guys. So you said that's called BCW? It was BC, called? BCW. It's a new promotion. It's called Battleground Championship Wrestling. And uh, they were they were very happy with me. They're having me back. Their next show is December 18th. So I'll be back up in Philly December 18th. And they're continuing my story with Raven. And uh, I'm pretty excited. About oh, that, that is awesome. Nice. I'm going to check it out. Good, I definitely want to see that. Yeah. Now, are they are, do they stream as well? Or is it so only live events? They're so new. They, they taped everything. And they released one of the matches for free the day on YouTube. But I... I haven't I haven't figured out where they're doing it, but I know they're going to be streaming it mm -hmm. or, or having it offered to the fans at some point. Uh, yeah, and with the, all the services like the IWTVs, the Fight TVs, who know if it's Feinstein behind it, he might have his own streaming service right. that's mm -hmm. directly RF video stream or something like mm -hmm. that yeah. and his own original content. That's how you really make the money. Right. Uh, from what I understand. So I'd love to see my match. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> how do I do that night? You know, I haven't seen it yet. You know, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of people from that area. So <laughs> if anyone has it uh, digital for your eyes only, I'll see what I can yeah, do. Yeah. I'd just like to see what happens. Nice. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's where we're at. You know, in a, I guess a long story. That's where we're at. So. Okay. All right, talking about your career to date, let's. Uh, did you start out your first match? Did you start doing the birthday parties, or did you? So I can tell you about my first match. So yes, I just I started doing birthday parties, obviously, and that's a big. That's the process here. You know what I mean? Like you, the first thing you start to do is birthday parties, and that's where you. That's the next big step. You start learning. You can practice. You can go out there. If you can make little kids happy, mm -hmm. that's what you're I always doing say. Something right. Yep. And, and so yeah, then uh, my first match was uh, December twenty eighteen. Uh, it was me, 
myself, Robbie and Bobby, and Tito Santana. Wow. <laughs> yeah. that, was pretty, that was pretty cool. And it was an awesome little match, man. Like, you know, we were against the, uh, I believe we were against the cartel, if I remember correctly. Yep. And uh, that was my first match in Perry Hall. And uh, I'd say, you know, people remember from that match was me double suplexing <laughs> two guys. Man, everyone remembers that. So that was my first match. And that was pretty neat. And uh, we've been going ever since. That's quite the feather in the cap to be in in the ring next to uh, former WWF, right. WWE Hall of Famer, right. uh, Tito Santana. And you know what? Shout out to MCW promoter Danny McDevitt, creating opportunities like that yes, every step mm-hmm. of the way from the Philly gig to mm-hmm. the, you know, your first match, you're going to be right in there rubbing elbows with someone the likes of Tito Santana that yeah. you grew up on. It's yeah. just a... It, it, he he's always done it the right way, and uh, this right. this podcast is even a testament to that. You know, so many guests to showcase to the people watching on all the podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. Ricky Owens, you know, yeah. old Larry Legend and Tara. So uh, thank you, Dan, real quick, just to give show a little appreciation yeah, for our yeah, our you. other co-hosts. That's we're family, you know. Indeed. I mean, and that's those family. You do anything for your family, you look out for them, and you know you're happy when they're successful and. Mm-hmm. You know, it all comes around. Like, I, I feel like this isn't a promotion where there's a lot of backstabbing and things like that. You know, I mean, like, no, genuinely, we want you to succeed. Yes. You know, yeah. and, you know, it just. And we talk, we've talked about that. I mean, again, you know, I remember Arjun, I used to talk a lot, and he's like, I like here. We're, like, like you're saying, we're nice. Mm-hmm. It's family. Everyone's really, we look at, we're looking out for each other. We're taking care of one another. But, you know, that's not the reality outside of here. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a different world when you start getting up there. It becomes very competitive. It's mm-hmm. dog-eat-dog world, as I like to say. Right. You know? Right. So I'm enjoying it while it lasts. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> um, all right, well, we're going to take another break. And um, when we come back, I want to uh, hear about some of the places that you want to be working. Sure. And find out some of your future aspirations. So stay with us, and we'll be right back on the cast. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the MCW Cast. At MCW Pro Wrestling, much like many small businesses throughout the country, the pandemic has presented many challenges. For a company like ours that hosts events with live audiences, the impact has been even more severe, and all of our forms of revenue have been cut off. In order to continue to engage with our fans on a regular basis, we made the decision to begin to produce the MCW Cast and are providing it for absolutely no cost on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to support us during these challenging times, you can do so in several ways. The most popular way is to buy us a coffee to help fuel the cast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast, and for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee, or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and receive several special perks. That's buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast. You can also contribute directly on Cash App, Wrestling or on Venmo, MCW-Wrestling. You can also show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com backslash stores backslash MCW cast to pick up a full line of official MCW cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Also, don't forget to comment in the threads on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch to get your questions answered on a future episode and you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag AskMCWCast. Thank you for your support. And now, back to the show. And we are back with our special guest, Alec Oden. Now, you posted a video not too long ago, I just saw. And it was, I believe, a tryout 
for Impact Wrestling, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, I noticed that uh, Impact was uh, having an open tryout. Uh, I saw it actually posted on the School of Morton, uh, and uh, I said, "Well, why not go? You know, I mean, is that, anything's going to be good. It's going to be good exposure." So. I, I messaged him, I got through, and uh, I was like, you know, do you have any more spots available? You know, I'd love to showcase my abilities. And they said, yeah, we still got spots. I said, fantastic. So got my spot reserved. It was, uh, it just took place. It was October 10th at the on Sunday at the school of Morton, uh, Ricky Morton School down in Chucky, Tennessee. So it was like a, you know, eight, eight hour drive from Baltimore here, but I, you know, I'm cool with it. Um, it went pretty well, you know, it was pretty interesting. So the guys who were advising it, we had, uh, Scott Demore, who's why I was interested in seeing, uh, we had Gallows and, uh, he was there. So I was with him the last two weeks, ironically. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Ricky Morton was there as well advising. Um, and then there were three rings. Uh, there were a hundred wrestlers. Uh, so about 33 per ring. So it was, you know, a lot of people there. Um, and so I, ironically, one of the first things we did were just front roll, backwards roll and quarter roll. And, uh, you know, in wrestling here, that's one of the first things you learn is mm -hmm. the rolls. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went in there and I rolled quietly, controlled my body, stepped forward with my left foot with the fighting stance. And uh, you would be surprised how no one else did that. So as soon as I got on the rolls, I got out of the ring and Scott Demore pulls me aside and goes, what's your name? Where are you from? How long have you been training? How old are you? MCW in Maryland? Gotcha. I swear to God, within five minutes he talked to me. He didn't talk to anyone else. <laughs> so I was, I was right off the bat. I was like, damn, like just from the way you freaking roll can say mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, you know, and then we did a few drills, like, you know, he would have someone in the middle and you'd someone slide in, he would call you the body slam, arm drag, hip toss and see if you could do it and do it safely. And then we did a few spots, you know what I mean? And did, ran those. And then, uh, after all that, we did a match and everyone had to do a match and they gave you three minutes and three minutes only. I was like, damn, three minutes is freaking fast. But they're like, listen, you kid, you're lucky if you get three to five on TV. That's said, true. Okay. So. Uh, and, and so a lot of guys in the, in the, you know, they're not tried in my opinion, when they had those three minutes, they were just kind of doing like these crazy spots or just throwing back and forth, really no method to their madness. And I was like, I'm they weren't try. telling a story. Right. right. I'm like, I'm going to try and do my best here to tell a little story. So I, I picked my opponent. I specifically picked a smaller guy on purpose. So I could tell a big man, little man story. And uh, I've seen, I've watched so many matches. I have so many matches in my head of, of like sets I can do. And I just went ahead and did it. And damn, if I didn't pin that guy on three minutes on the dot. Um, I think I did pretty well. I think it, physically I, I, I stood out quite a bit. I think with my work I stood out. Uh, you know, Gallows said right away he loved my look, and then I messed with him. I was like, I'm going to make you take the heat next weekend, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> I think we knew we were working next week. So Gallows was cool. It. Ricky was just happy I told a story. I swear to God, like, he was just happy I told, a, you know, a big man, little man story. And then I talked to Scott, and I was like, Scott, and I was like, you know, what do you think? And he goes, uh, well, Alec, he goes, like, uh, I think physically you look uh, more impressive than most of the industry today. He goes, your moves were impactful. You look safe. He goes, in my opinion, it looks like you know what you're doing out there. Uh, his only criticism was, uh, Alec, he goes, in my opinion, it doesn't just doesn't look like it's clicked for you yet. You know, we always, some guys talk about the light bulb thing, you know what I mean? He's like, listen, there's nothing I can do about it or anybody. That's going to happen on your own. You know what I mean? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, really, man? Like, mm -hmm. what the hell? Uh, but you know, I, you know, I talked to Dean afterwards. You know, and Dean's like, oh, like I wouldn't worry about it. Like I know what he means. I wouldn't take it as a negative. But uh, all in all, look, man, I did my best. I, I showed up. I showed up ready to rock and roll. Uh, I left with my head high. Did everything I could. And um, later that week, they had us email promo to D'Lo Brown. Uh, so I went ahead and emailed my promo actually last week. So 
I I feel pretty good about it. Like I I did what I could do. I showed what I had to offer. So if that's not good enough, then damn, I don't know. What to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But there's there's always that chance that we'll be seeing you on Thursday Night Impact. I would love it. I think I think Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor would be great next steps for me. You know what I mean? And again, you know, going back to Raven, Raven's like, Alec, I don't really want you to rush necessarily get the get the WWE. He's like, don't rush. He's like, he goes. Go to Impact. Go to Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Make a name for yourself. Do that next big step and just, you know, be a as as people say, become undeniable. And I agree, and I totally agree. I'm like, I think you're right. Um, we share the same mentality. Um, so once again, taking his good advice. So uh, I'm playing all my cards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've been playing cards with Ring of Honor. I've been doing my best to get in contact with AEW, try to get a dark match. I've been talking to all those recruiters down there. Uh, I've been doing my best to. Get in touch with WWE. I was, uh, you know, trying to get that trial back in Vegas. Ironically, we got mm-hmm. back the email. We were emailing, and then it just went cold. It's an interesting kind of. It, a lot of the wrestling doesn't make sense sometimes. It's like I, I can't understand why that happened or what happened. But um, I know I'm going to end up somewhere. I fully believe it. I really do. I know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. So in my time, I'm doing everything in my power to uh, see let see who bites. I'm mean, I'm fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, who wants me? I'm ready to go. Well, I think that's really good advice, too, because, you know, of course, WWE's got the reputation of mm-hmm. buying up the big the big guys that have that look, you know, and right. they buy them up and then they just sit them there, you yeah, know. And yeah. so you're not learning, you're not growing, you're right. not, you know, getting better because you're basically not doing anything. You're but stuck. they're buying it so no one else can have you. If I can't have you, no one will, that's you know. Exactly right. um, they're like a, you know, a jealous boyfriend or something. But, uh, you know, so I think that's really good advice to, yeah. you know, just keep your options open. I agree. So now, that's, that's where I'm at. what about like indies? Are there um, ones that you've got a list? I know some of our other uh, pe- people who have gone through the training center have done those yeah, vision boards, you know, so where they put the all indies, of them up there. Obviously, you know, we're MCW is one of the one of the best. I mean, I would argue top 10 in the country. I know. You know Absolutely. Dan mm-hmm. will say mm-hmm. top 20. Tw- I think top 10, really. So I'm already fortunate enough to be here. Um I'm very lucky to start. I'm working for BCW now, which is awesome. I mean, I'm really fortunate to work there now. Um, I have some friends. I met the owner of PPW at BCW, and he was like, oh, we're going to give you a call this week. I said, great. Um, So I just kind of make connections as I go. And I think the secret with the indies is, you know, you kind of go with your buddies. Like, you know, if if Action's going this weekend, Mm -hmm. I'll go with them. You Mm -hmm. know, if Mike's going or Eddie or whoever's going, I just get in the car and go. And a lot of times when you just show up, you know what I mean, and uh, just kind of look the par, Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely yep. mm-hmm. that's very true you know. yeah. not only um uh showing up and 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 looking that but also um you're you're honing in on the interpersonal part of the uh the process you know you were seen by all those guys at the bcw you did the thing with impact yeah then you have gallows the very next week yeah the likelihood that those guys talk to one another and are like have you seen this guy Right. Is 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 higher, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. Like I I, I specifically made sure I'm I'm very respectful. I mm-hmm. make sure they knew I was there. Uh, I make sure my presence was known, and uh, you know, especially with Gallows and Scott, I was like, I wanted them to remember I was there, and that's why I told Gallows, I'll see you next week. Make sure he knew we were working next week. And sure enough, when I saw him this past weekend, I was like, What's up, dude? It's good to see you again, man. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, I was surprised when I saw because I worked with Ricky Morton in Philly, so I told him, Hey, I'll see you at the Impact tryout. And then, sure enough, when I showed up that day, he came up, gave me a freaking hug. I was like, this guy just gave me a hug. I, was like, I mean, like, Alec, take it from somebody that's been doing it for a while. You're doing it right. right. You're doing everything. Yep. You're doing everything perfectly for 
once again those stars to align yeah. and for you know we mm-hmm. we had another 23 year old piece of gold around this these parts not too mm-hmm. long ago and look at where that individual uh, is so yeah. you know um we we are the proving ground and sort of the the prep school for how yeah. to conduct yourself and how to get your face out there and uh, i've been coached well like i'm done this all comes from here i've been coached and taught very well i'm just applying what i've been what been taught you know that's great yeah yeah, yeah. I'm starting to think that the MCW cast is a very long advertisement for the MCW Academy because, <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously. Well, we, put, do, we don't talk about it. We, hard. <laughs> we do feature our, uh, you know, some of our trainees on the, the cast. And well, we have, especially the last few weeks, but uh, as we're heading back to live shows, because we want to introduce and say, hey, these are the people who have been, you know, training and working and you're going to see a lot more of. But, you know, we don't talk, we don't get into much of what that training entails and that that kind of thing. And I think talking to you tonight has really shed kind of a light on that. Just, you know, the the difficulty of training and yeah. how rigorous it is. Yeah. I think it's not I'm telling you, this is it's this is the most difficult thing I've ever I've ever done because like when I wrestled amateurly, I, I did. I wrestled amateurly, I played football, I played the cross. I was a three sport athlete my entire life. When I would go out on the mat and wrestle, I don't care how it looked. I don't care how pretty it was. I always had to beat that guy, pin him, and get my mm-hmm. win. That mm-hmm. was it. Mm-hmm. This isn't just going out there and win. This is an art. It's a show. So right. I have to go out there. I had to make this look like it's a legitimate fight. I want it to be aggressive. I want it to be legitimate. I want people to believe in this disbelief. The same token, this is my partner. This right. is the guy I'm working mm-hmm. with. So I need to take care of him. I need to be safe. Mm-hmm. No one needs to get hurt, but I need to make it look like it's real. Mm-hmm. And that's a difficult thing. That's not easy. You know what I mean? You got to be an athlete. I got to do these things well, safely, make it look good. But the same at the end of the day, this is a job, and we both want to go home afterwards right. and be able to work again the next day. Absolutely. So that's uh, the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to go out there and just beat a guy. You know, like right. if I really had to go out there and fight. That's how RJ was when he first, you know, uh, <laughs> came around. He was like, "I could beat everybody. You're not going to pin me." You know, this like true. But it's not that way. We got to. You know, do the pageantry of it all. Yeah. But I will say, he is actually one of the safest guys because when I was training, I remember <laughs> I there were times after I got back from my injury that I did not want to get in the ring with you because I remember there was one time they were like, you're going to take a clothesline from Alec. <laughs> yeah, ah, hell. <laughs> and I just remember you turned and just ran. I was like, mm, this is going to hurt. Hit me. I was like, that actually was not bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was actually pretty good. No, I appreciate that. I, I, I do my best to be as safe as possible uh, because, if, you know, if you start getting a bad rap out there, like, oh, that guy's not safe, that's not going to serve me well or anybody well. You know what I mean? We, we got to take care of each other. Um, right, and there's enough of those guys on the indies. Yeah. And yeah. girls. And girls. Yeah. Yeah. And I, believe, I believe in some physicality. Like, and that's something actually Tahuti and I always liked. You know, Tahuti and I, when we would work together back when he was here, we would hit each other pretty hard. But it wasn't an obsessive hard. It's not like I'm going out there cracking a guy like in the football field. But it's enough that you feel it, you can hear it, it's physically there, but mm-hmm. we're both safe. And it's, right. it's all you need is a fine line. And that's how I work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I believe in that. So, What's Tahuti's name now? Ashanti the Adonis. Thank you. Ashanti the Adonis. Right on. The Adonis. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that name, too, at one point. I swear to God. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I like that, too. The, the alliteration coming from Larry Legend, you know, that has a ring to it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's cool. We were talking during the break oh. about your friendship with Tahuti. And yeah. how you guys were at the training center together? Yeah, I love the hoodie man. You know, we were we were we were good buddies. Uh, you know, the the irony with him is when I just first started, 
he was also first starting, but he had the luxury of having a tryout at the beginning. He uh, had some connections through Maryland because he went to he played football at Maryland and uh, he knew some guys, and they gave him a tryout. And they started getting some more work at the time. This was back in 2017. So he came back and he trained here and uh, he learned quickly. I would say too, he really picked it up quickly. Um, and but we we worked together for a few years until uh, he had on he headed out and uh, he is where he is now. Yeah, you know. But he's he's cool. I, I enjoyed him. Stars yeah. aligned for him. Now I want to ask you something, uh, Alec, and I think I'm going to start working this into my repertoire here as sure. a co-host of the MCW Cast. All types of avenues out there to explore. Mm. Has Alec Odin ever had any desire to step into the deathmatch wrestling realm of things? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> the deathmatch world. Like in terms of um, like being really extreme, like ridiculous? Yeah, I mean like um, not too long ago we saw the King Nick Gage on AEW against Chris Jericho, and they were using things like panes of glass, and so actually, it's pretty. I, I think it's great you brought that up. It's a it's an interesting point with me. So here's where I'm at. Okay, I'm an old, an old believer where it, when you bump in the middle of the ring, it means something. You know, taking a bump and getting slammed in the middle of the ring hurts, and I believe in selling that. I'm not a big fan of these guys forgetting about the ring and having to throw the guy out of the ring to hit the floor because, oh, the floor hurts more, so that means the ring doesn't hurt as much, does it? Because that hurts more. So now I'm going to throw you through barbed wire and I'm going to cut you with a light bulb and I'm going to throw you through glass because that hurts more than the ring. I'll be honest with you, man. You couldn't pay me enough to do it. I don't believe in it. I think it's bull crap. Um, I don't want to go through barbed wire or take tacks or get all cut up and broken because this is a job. This is a job. I need to be able to wake up the next day and, and be able to work again. And I think the risk factor or the, the margin for error becomes incredibly smaller when you're doing those things. I, I can go out there and I can slam a guy. I can powerbomb a guy in the middle of the ring. And damn, if I can't get the same reaction as a guy going through freaking barbed wire, in my opinion. Right. That's where I'm at. And I believe in that. So I, I'm really, to be honest, to answer your question, I'm not for it. I don't think we need to do those things to get a reaction. Yeah. I, I know you've done so much work with those, you know, death. I have zero interest in them. They've never appealed to me at all. I mean, I think that there's a balance. Yeah. So there's a company called GCW and GCW has been making a lot of kind of, you know, waves over mm -hmm. the past, I'd say four years, pretty much since you, you started training here at MCW. Uh, and, you know, uh, sparingly. They will do shows that feature maybe a main event that involves a lot of plunder, mm -hmm. a lot of blood and stuff like that. But they've been working more towards that being kind of like a payoff show, not yeah. an everyday mm -hmm. uh, thing. Now, I'm I'm involved with the company called ICW No Holds Barred. Every match is a death right. match on right. those shows. OK, so I I, de I totally understand where you're coming from but right. you know with uh wrestlers like john moxley who kind of has a background in a lot of that dirty what we call dirty wrestling kind of introducing that here and there into like a an aew i think that that is only something that can make the show more exciting at times it's a variety i can't argue with that i mean yeah. it is like i mean if i'm a fan and i'm watching i'm gonna be like holy crap like that's freaking ridiculous those guys are going through glass like 
you know it's going to suck. Well, that's one of the things, you know, we've done those shows years ago um, at Fort Meade, and that was the one place we were allowed to have hardcore matches and bleed and do the things that we couldn't do. And fans still ask, when are you going back to Fort Meade? You know, and we, it would it wouldn't be every match. It would be one. You know, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I've and, gone I've gone through some of the old DVDs yeah. and seen like Dan get put through a table on fire, and I was like, "What the hell was this?" Right, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And, but it was so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so weird. We, I got to send it. it yeah, it was a it, it was a unique thing that we could get away with at Fort Meade, right. but it was. But also, a lot of our regular fans didn't go to the Fort Meade shows, too. Right. So it was different. We had just a different crowd, and they still bring that up. Like, when are you going back? Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of guys that are willing to do that to their body. I really am not one of them. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like, if I had Vince or whoever was in charge <laughs> of AEW, they're like, oh, like, you're doing this, or you're in trouble. I'm, I'm going to have to just swallow my own you know pride and just go do it and i yeah. will do it because well, you better be job. paying me good money this right is, right the job but uh if i don't have to do it i'm not gonna do it mm. so what is your uh what is your take on these uh promotions that do the matches with no rings i know larry uh, you've uh, brought it up before but uh, what it's a good it's a good follow-up yeah because you just gave you know that whole story it's, about it's, in the ring and the bumping in the ring i just don't get it man. <laughs> like i just i see this and i'm like what are we doing like like I think the 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 ability to use those ropes is a, a key as a nice addition to what we do in that ring. Mm-hmm. And when you take away that uh, addition, I'm kind of like we're, we're amateur wrestling at this point. You know, I'm not a fan. Right. I, I don't understand. I'm it. I'm not a fan. Either. I don't I don't I don't, <laughs> under, I don't understand it. You know what I mean? And I remember, <laughs> I remember back when I was a, a student and I was still I was actually in the cage. I was back when I was a staff guy. RJ and um, uh, Napalm were wrestling. I remember, and when Napalm hit the rope, he freaking snapped it, and the ropes were no good, and they were all loose. And I was like, I remember watching them. RJ was like, "We can't hit those ropes no more, man. We had to wrestle with what we got." And damn, they didn't do it. Yeah, they, was they like, improvised. Remember that? Yeah, remember it was that? fourth like, anniversary, twenty eighteen. Like, oh, yep. Damn. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! But uh, no, they did a great job, and uh, but that that um, it it changes the match drastically when you can't hit those rows. It's just different. Mm-hmm. So. I think the evolution of uh, the industry is going to, as we become more and more, and I hate to say this, but as we become more and more depraved as a society, that is going to be reflected in uh, even the morals. You know, pro wrestling sometimes can teach a lesson. Um, even in the morals of the of the fight, it becomes more and more blurred lines um, about what wrestling is. And um, I don't know. I think variety variety is the spice of life. But at the same time, I don't want to get too far away from the fundamentals of what right. brought us to the dance. Right. I don't want you know because because you think about it. Eventually, there's no need for someone in a nice suit to come out and and announce Alec Odin to the ring. If right. we're just in a bar, if we're just <laughs> in a bar, then you just have like the bartender, this guy versus that guy. Go ahead, I you mean, know. How like, many times do you see these crappy indie promotions and the referee is wearing like? sweatpants and maybe a ref shirt but if he is it's not tucked in or he's got like the jean shorts that come past the knee or the ring announcer is a guy in like a, a shirt with like food stains on it you know what i mean like we, we've all seen that well I'll, I'll, I'll see now i'll tell you something this is really interesting so casanova valentine who is kind of at the forefront of the no ring death match in bars is where his terrain is he will have a member of a band that plays that night that the fan because the, because there are joint shows where there's music 
at the beginning and then in the middle there's wrestling then there's music and then there's wrestling and this is the way that they can get past the athletic commission Mm -hmm. because it's a it's a musical performance with kind of like intermission (laughs) that's a a fight not not wrestling in a ring but a fight um but when he wanted for the show to have a big feel then he would hire me to come in and actually in these bars be standing there in like the tuxedo or the sequins uh-huh. jacket and like announcing it as if I were in Madison Square Garden. And when those occurrences happened, the shows did feel more akin to wrestling. They obviously weren't in a wrestling ring, mm-hmm. but they felt more like, oh, I get what this is. This is like the wrestling, but there's no ring. So they're just brawling. Around the bar, and you know, and also, you know, a bar. So, you know, right. the patrons right. have already been listening to music, getting hammered. Here's wrestling, get hammered. More music, well, more wrestling. You know, years ago, MCW dabbled in that we, for a split second. Um, you probably don't know this, but uh, we had a we were approached by one of the producers from the Springer show about doing basically like a shoot fighting type thing and Mm -hmm. um rj filmed the pilot for it and we were in some hole in the wall bar in like i don't know i want to say dundalk but i i want to maybe like highland town maybe it was somewhere over that way but it was we were there on like a weeknight like we cleared the place out you know the the producer gave him money or whatever to you know let us uh basically just sprawl in a bar and um this was way before it's time because this wasn't being done i mean this had to have been god 2000 maybe to no 2004 i mean i, I know, started in 2001 maybe? i started okay, so right after 9 11 yeah so okay, i was so around, around they did this. one of the fights at my mom's house that's Dino right divine and that's Tudo fought right. at my mom's house and then you guys drove to the bar then and we did, drove to the bar yeah. right but th- but we did dabble in this kind of like uh bunkhouse roadhouse kind yeah. of like and nobody was doing it then <laughs> nobody was doing it but the producer was like oh we can you know it's the wrestling without the ring and people will want to see guys beat each other up and you know um it never went anywhere never the guys went... didn't even get paid for it i actually. never even saw the footage of they... it toby probably has that just no, in his personal it, it collection vanished, sounds like but... a bad situation right, i was gonna but... say i don't know about you but i kind of want to see this but... yeah but now here that is an actual you know that's a thing and yeah. you you know that it's it's just interesting to me so you know i remember yeah. when we were approached about it i was kind of like oh really yeah. why yeah. but a few, so we're a just few, a few we're years ago my wife asked me <laughs> if they if they you know hey could you guys do a show at our bar and i was like there's no way i'm like we can't fit a ring in here and guardrails <laughs> and staff and your ceiling's too low but they were really pushing i'm like we gotta do it i'm like guys it's not gonna work well, now they did that with girls shows. We yeah. did lots of shows in bars. We had a, in fact, there was a twelve by twelve foot ring. Oh my god! Yeah, that we would take to some bars, and there were places where you, like, if Good you put your hand up ring. like this, you, <laughs> you were, were touching, touching the, the ceiling. ceiling. Yeah, right. And it was it was terror. Like, yeah. I mean, the bar was literally right there. I right. mean, there were places that were so tight you couldn't even put guardrails and stuff. Yeah, so that's no it. Good. it it's it's different. It's yeah. not the same feel. No. I mean, you know, it's a payday, but it's it's definitely different. Yeah. But you learn how to work in a different style like that. You know, you learn how to cater to the bar crowd. You oh, learn yeah. how to work in a 12 by 12 ring. I mean, okay, I'm like five foot nothing. So for me, it was still like sizable enough. But for you, it's like you, two God, steps to I the other side. 16 by 16s are small enough, not to mention the 12 by 12. Well, there's no give on a 12 by 12 ring either, you know, like, because it just doesn't. <laughs> there's, it is. It's, it's not fun. land on concrete. <laughs> right.
But, you know, it's just, it's interesting to see these little kind of fringe promotions and styles that, you know, kind of run concurrently. And with the way you can stream anything, anytime now, people that would have never known about this kind of style of wrestling now know about it. So, yeah. But I think it's safe to say that we will not see you doing this anytime soon. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to jibber jabber. I knew a little you were going to ask yeah, that. I, I knew you I have were. To. I well, wanted to ask that too. No, well, those were good questions. I'm glad you brought them up. Well, you know, Brent a few episodes back said, you know, Larry's kind of like the death match guy. He said he's off doing something. I was like, wow, you know what? After all these years, I kind of am. So <laughs> you know, I can add that to the to the uh, the conversation. I have a question for you real quick, and I know sure. we're, we're kind of getting towards the tail end of our time with you here, but did you ever get an opportunity to work a match with RJ? No. Nope. And uh, I remember when we were um, we're, we were doing a, a video, I remember, uh, over the COVID when we were like, you know, hey, who would you like to work? Like one of the questions was, who would you love to work? And he was one of my responses. Like, I would have loved to have worked him. But I... I'm telling you, I never had the luxury, even during the birthday no parties. No birthday party? No. It no just, I, really? Uh, I don't remember that ever birthday party either. It didn't happen because I think what kind of started huh. to happen towards the uh, towards the end there is he was allowing us to work because we had he was letting us work versus him. Yeah. Uh, he would get you know so we could get better because you know he already was you know well you know established and uh, you know knew what he was doing, um, but no, I never had the opportunity hmm. unfortunately. I would have liked to. Yeah. I know you would have, and I know that he would have. Yeah. Um, you know, but well, I'm sure he'd be thrilled to see the things that you're doing now. So well, I, I hope I'm so. Sure. I'm sure he's yep. looking down. I, hope uh, I know his his initials are right on the top he's of the logo for the MCW cast. So <laughs> yeah. you know he's with us always. The buddies up there. You know, um, <laughs> we got his photo all over this place. So um, yeah, he's watching down on us with pride, mm -hmm. and gonna be watching at your career blossom with even more pride. My friend, and uh, he's got a big part of it. He got me started. That'll always be true. Indeed. Well, I think that um, unless we have anything else, Ricky. Well, know. we have one thing. It's Friday. Hello. Of course. Flashback Friday. <laughs> no, oh, 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 oh Monster Mash. Monster oh, Mash. Yes, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, wait. We, we did not talk about this we week's did. Flash. We did not talk about Flashback Friday, so we can bring that up. Go ahead. This week's Flashback Friday will be Bill Collier versus... Um, Dak Draper. Dak Draper. Thank there you. you. Like Autumn Armageddon 2019 in Hollywood. I dig it. All right. And then, <laughs> that's the flashback, but uh, coming this Friday at... Um, East, East Point, Point Mall, uh, yep. East Point Cinema. Um, there, we're gonna do a wrestling show. Talk about non-traditional places. We're gonna put on our first wrestling show in a movie theater. So that's you know that's, that's gonna be a first be for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do we have that we can look forward to on that show? Uh, we we had the tag team championship match: Ryo and G Fed versus Seduce and Destroy. Miles Hawkins versus Ken Dixon. Raylan puts her uh, MCW Women's Championship on the line against Katie Arquette. And don't remember if you're on that or not. I think we are still uh, there. We still got some matches to announce. This is true. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, I know I'll be there. So okay. we'll have to see right. what happens. Yeah. Stay <laughs> tuned. It's also really <laughs> close to Halloween. So who knows? There might be a spooky guest MC for uh, that event. <laughs> um, so actually, that's the perfect time to bring back the sickness. <laughs> that is a perfect time. This is true. This is how it happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hair blonde here again. Yes. 
<laughs> so if you want to get tickets for that, you can, of course, go to mcwwrestling.com or you can stop by our local ticket outlet, which is very conveniently located near East Point Cinemas. And I'm talking about uh, Hideaway Collectibles right there on Hollabird Avenue. Grab yourself a Bruiser Burger at Jimmy's. Hit up Hideaway Collectibles for all of your wrestling collectibles, Funko Pops, all that stuff. Grab tickets to the show and then head over to East Point Cinema. And it is worth noting that this is a limited capacity seating yes. event. So do not wait. Do yeah, not don't think wait. you this can walk up because yeah. I suspect that you will not be able to uh, just walk up and grab tickets. Um, you know, this it's a new venue for us. So, it's a new you experience know, for a lot of us. Yeah, so, I think yeah. I think it's going to be cool. I'm I'm excited uh, to see what that's like, and of course, that's not our only show coming up. You know, I oh might as well go ahead and talk about the rest of that's them. Right, at least the next two. Um, you know, our Flashback Friday takes place in Hollywood, and we will be returning to Hollywood uh, November 13th. I know that it has been that was our show that was canceled when everything shut down was the Hollywood show, and uh, you know, it's like our home away from home, and and uh, we really love the fans there, so we're looking forward to that, but also we've got the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup that was postponed in 2020 and so it is the 20th Shane Shamrock Cup and that is Friday November 12th so we'll do Shamrock Cup then head to Hollywood and weekend yes my favorite (laughs) only thing better would be if I booked four birthday parties on Sunday (laughs) which I did not not. I'm about to to say don't curse yourself Tara yeah I didn't but you know um if you are interested in a birthday party be a superstar for a day you know uh hit us up on our webpage because we've got a birthday party tab there uh we've also got a uh, we've got a bachelor party coming up this weekend too Yeah, we got a bachelor party. So, you know, it's not just birthdays. If you've got Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, basketball teams, wrestling teams, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, got plenty of guys here. Uh, You know, wedding receptions. Wedding, sure, wedding receptions. Whatever. I've had people ask me about that before, actually. Okay. Um, One of them is sitting at this table. I know. You actually offer. I volunteer, yes. I thought it would be great. But, um, yeah, you know, we, we can accommodate, you know, just about anything. So check it out. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for this episode of the MCW cast. For our special guest, Alec Odin, thank you once again for joining us. Thanks for having me. For Ricky Owens, the heart of MCW, Tara, I'm Larry Legend, and we'll see you here next Tuesday night for another insightful edition of the MCW cast.